I would say a lot of them are starting brands. They're like, they have like a dope saying or something that happens to them in life that's personal to them. And they'll be like, um, you know, this is just a saying. And a saying is not that it's a bad saying, but that's not a company or a brand. It's just a, a good T-shirt. Mm-hmm. And so how do you expand off of that one product? Well, you don't because that's just what you're, you're built off of. For me, I just gave a voice to a community that was already there. I didn't create HBCUs. There was before, they were before me. They'll be after me. But people weren't talking about it. We were just having a conversation that, oh, I didn't know much about it before I got there. Or, but that was my experience, too. So I'm like, how do I spread awareness and, and get people to know about them without like, oh, look at this college or without college fairs and the, the boring stuff? Yeah. Let's do a do merchandise. And then people love merchandise. So let's put it on people who people look up to. And now it makes it easier for you to recognize what's going on in the HBC space. What's up, you guys? Welcome back to the More Rounds Podcast. I'm Kim Lewis, CEO and co-founder of Curlmix. And today we're going to be talking about how to fund your business, whether that's through debt, cash flow, or raising an investment. And today, you guys, we have Corey Arvinger, media strategist extraordinaire. I don't know anybody who's gone viral more than this man, okay? He knows the formula of how to get millions of views on social media, and I love him for it. But before we get started, I want to make sure we toast. Oh, and I cannot forget. Chromix is now available in Ulta. So please check us out and go sell us out. Okay? All right. Now let's cheers. Let's do it. In case Corey's mom is watching, he's not drinking alcohol. This is Hennessy. (laughs) That is some sparkling grape juice, y'all. Do not listen to this man. First of all, not you bring my mom in. It's like I'm not... (laughs) Over 21. You know, <laughs> like, like, I met your mama. She's super sweet. I like her. Yes. So I just had to let her know. You know, Thank, I, I thank didn't have you, you on the show being bad, you know? You know? Let me get another sip. <laughs> My little Hennessy. So, Corey, tell people about yourself. Tell me about Corey Arvinger. How did you get started? What's your mm-hmm. background? I saw you went to Howard. H-U. The number one HBCU in the country, if anybody asks. You know how you could even say the number one college in the country. You, you know what I'm HBCU, saying? You know? Why even at HBCU at this point? The Why number one college it? in the world. First. <laughs> For sure, it's nobody better than Howard University. And, I, and I, I'll stand on that. Facts. All right, so tell me about yourself. What you want to know? You want to know business? You want to know personal? I don't want to know your personal life, Corey. Okay. <laughs> Some people might be interested. I am single. For oh any, my God. This is not a dating I feel like podcast. This is a, a lot of ladies watch this podcast. Oh, my so God. I am single. Y'all hit me up if you're cute. So Corey's only saying this because I was out with my girlfriends and they were like, do you know any available guys? And I was like, I know one. And then I like sent, I was like, let me send you his IG. And I was also tipsy and I sent Corey his own IG. <laughs> he was like, question mark. I'm like, my bad G. I was trying to send my friend your info and then I yeah. sent it to you. And he's like, what she look like? I'm like, oh my gosh. And then nah. she didn't want to tell me what she look like. I'm like, oh, just tell me what she look like. So I can either save you the time or we can fast forward this process. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Okay. Corey, tell the people, not your personal life. Yes, this man is single. If you want to, you want to date Corey, call 555-342. That's <laughs> the number. I'm on Instagram though. It'll be tagged below. <laughs> Corey, tell me about yourself. <laughs> Yeah, so my name is Corey. I mean, I serve as the CEO of a company called Support Black Colleges. We focus on getting our black kids back to our black schools. So started it my sophomore year at Howard University. And honestly, it's crazy. On Facebook, I saw today, it was like 10 years ago, where I was wearing the shirt that I talk about all the time. And I say, people saw my shirt and wanted to buy it. Oh, so wow. today is actually 10 years. I literally screenshotted oh. it and saved it in my phone. So you Congratulations. Know, that's really dope. Um, but yeah, man, I just saw an opportunity to be able to spread awareness about HBCUs. 
even going into an HBCU as my mom being a legacy at Howard University, I still didn't really know, like, really what it meant. I kind of, like, understood the concept, but I think she wanted me to be able to make my own decision. She didn't want to force it on me. I ended up going to Howard because I wanted to follow in her footsteps, and it was the best decision of my life. Um, I've always been an entrepreneur, even before I knew what an entrepreneur was. I used to sell snacks in high school. I used to sell ICs. Um, you know, you were one of them kids. I was one of them kids. Pulling snickers out your book bag. Um, nah, I had a duffel. It was a specific duffel bag. <laughs> okay, a duffel green bag duffel boy. bag made for it. And <laughs> Michelle Obama was doing this healthy snack initiative. And I was like, oh, nah, like, I don't want the baked chips. I don't want the sunflower seeds. I want the oatmeal cream pies and uh, the all of those things. So I used to go to... Go, uh, to um, dollar store or like to Costco and buy everything wholesale and then sell each thing for like a dollar fifty cents and I used to, I did that for years in high school. That's dope. How much money were you making? I'm just curious. Man, it had to be a few hundred like you know a week in profit. Know. Yeah, in profit. Yeah, because I mean you buy, you go to the dollar store, you buy oatmeal wild. cream pies, honey buns. You know it's eight in a pack, six in a pack for a dollar. But then I'm selling them each for a dollar. Capri Suns, you'll get a pack for like two fifty, but I would sell them for like fifty cents. Did you get in trouble with your high school for doing this? No. So that's why people don't understand the, the power of relationships. So I used to tell my <laughs> teachers, you go into the back first before class starts and choose what you want. And then I would just let me get the first two minutes of class to sell to the class. Wow. That is definitely against the rules. I am sure <laughs> of it. I am sure. But that's dope. That's, but you're right. It's not about what you know. It's who you know. 100%. Okay. So you was duffel bag boy in high school. And then you transitioned in college to like a fashion brand. Yeah, and in even not that smooth either. It was like my freshman year at Howard, I was so whether I'd say green, like I didn't know anything. Mm-hmm. I, I came from Greensboro, North Carolina, to Washington D.C. I had never like took a bus before. Like I had never took public transportation. Oh wow! So being in D.C., I'm like, so how am I supposed to get to the mall? Like I had a car when I was 16. Oh my god! So I was driving on my like some of my friends at Howard didn't even have their license from New York or from you know these different places, and so um. I'm sorry, life ain't fair. I've been taking a bus since I was like 12. Okay, really? At 6 a.m. Well, in the morning in Chicago. Okay, well that's a little different. And I was getting on the bus. Yeah. It was dark outside. Like that's oh, how I yeah. had to go to the bus. And See, then no. I'd be out mm-hmm. all day. I don't get home till like seven o'clock, eight o'clock at night on the bus on the way back mm-hmm. home. And I'm mm-hmm. like a 12 year old, 13 year old girl doing this on myself. Wow. So you, you got to college and they never rode the never. bus before. That's crazy, bro. Never. I, I was struggling with that metro card. I'm like, what? How do I put money on this? <laughs> But, you know, you, you live and you learn. <laughs> okay. And so, you know, I actually first started throwing parties in college. I was a party promoter. Okay. And so even my freshman year, we were throwing parties every single weekend. And I was seeing a lot of money coming in. You know, you sell tickets for $20 and take $5 per ticket. So I'm selling hundreds of tickets. And that's kind of how I started, like, finding my entrepreneurship journey in college. What did you find was the best way to promote your parties? How did you get people to come to them? Because um, were you Greek? Are you Greek? No, I'm not Greek. Oh, no, okay. So then how did you get people to come to your parties? I'm me. What you mean? Nah, come on. <laughs> come on. Get people some time. You know people nah. out here having these events and they don't know how to sell no tickets? I'm telling you, it's all about relationships. So let's let's I'll, let's do a quick role play, right? Okay. Okay. I'm, act like I don't know you. Like, I don't know that you're Kim and you don't know me at all. Okay. So I spent, most of my tickets were sold in the dorms or in the cafeteria. My goal was to make the most genuine relationship possible in this small amount of time and make you feel like you know me, right? Okay. So I'd be like, hey, what's going on? What's your name? Kim, nice to meet you. Kim, Kim, where are you from? Chicago. Chicago? And I'd be like, oh, you must have went to Simeon. No, I went to Morgan Park. Ugh, that's ghetto. Uh, that school is hella ghetto. This how you make friends? It's, it's hella ghetto. No, it's not. Why you say that? 
I love my school. We have so much school spirit. But that means it's not ghetto because you got school spirit? Okay, it might be a little ghetto, but I like it. So what? What's wrong with it being a little ghetto? <laughs> right. And so we would have that kind of banter, right? Mm -hmm. And so either they'd be like, oh, this is the same thing. Oh, this is how you made friends? Or they'll be like, oh, you must have went to, and sometimes they'll tell me their rival school. Oh, you must have went to so-and-so. And I'd be like, I did. And they'd be like, oh, I never went to that school. But now I know that I broke down that wall of like the strangers coming to talk to me. Now it's like, well, what you know about Chicago? Are you from Chicago? That's what they used to always ask me. Are you from from so and so, and so now, like anywhere you tell me, I know a, a high school or a middle school or or, some, or a landmark or something that kids did there, so that I could break that initial barrier. Once I did that, everything else was easy. Watching on YouTube, unfortunately, is not enough. If you've learned anything from my podcast, please, please, please leave me a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. I would be so appreciative, and you would help further the progress of this podcast. Now back to the episode. So you know how to make connections with people, and you, From have, you made a lot of friends, yeah, and that's so, how you got people to come to your parties. Yeah, and I used to spend a lot of time in the cafeteria. So like my first semester, my GPA was like a one point two or something. But I you like, probably were like a, a, a popular kid on campus. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, um, I threw parties. I was the president of uh, the school of business. Uh, I was the freshman class of the school of business. Um, I started an organization on campus. Like I was doing. I was the president of North Carolina Club. I was very active, and then I also was like playing basketball on and off so so yeah. how did you so uh, plenty of people start t-shirt businesses all the time mm -hmm. and you know it was like, i got a cool saying i'm gonna start a t-shirt business right like that's usually how people start mm -hmm. and somehow you know you could have easily been another one of those people who was just like i just got a cool t-shirt business and like 100 you know it, is, it doesn't really it's not well branded but support blush colleges has has gotten lots of support from lots of celebrities uh, lots of uh corporations mm -hmm. you're you have hundreds of thousands of followers online mm -hmm. you've really been able to make it stand out and i'm so and now and now that i know you were a party promoter i think that kind of helps a little bit because i'm yeah, like yeah, i knew yeah. you were able to make friends and so then if you had something people wanted to, sh to wear it mm -hmm. but like was there anything that you did that you feel like is different than how other people are starting these t-shirt businesses that don't really, you know, excel? Yeah, I would say a lot of them are starting brands. They're like, they have like a dope saying or something that happens to them in life that's personal to them. And they'll be like, um, you know, this is just a saying. And the saying is not that it's a bad saying, but that's not a company or a brand. It's just a, a good T-shirt. Mm -hmm. And so how do you expand off of that one product where well, you don't? Because that's just what you're, you're built off of. For me, I just gave a voice to a community that was already there. I didn't create HBCUs. There was before, they were before me. They'll be after me. But people weren't talking about it. We were just having a conversation that, oh, I didn't know much about it before I got there. Or, but that was my experience, too. So I'm like, how do I spread awareness and, and get people to know about them without like, oh, look at this college or without college fairs and the, the boring stuff? Yeah. Let's do it do merchandise. And then people love merchandise. So let's put it on people who people look up to. And now it makes it easier for you to recognize what's going on in the HBC space. That's so smart. You found a community that was overlooked and That's gave it. them a voice. And That's then it. they ride for you because they're like, oh, my God, he recognized what we have. I like that. That's they're so a prideful. Different way. They're so prideful. That's true. You, you, you know, you probably know where I went to school before you know anything about me because that's how we are, especially Howard people. They like, we went to Howard. H U, <laughs> you uh, know? the Howard University. I be the like, Mecca. bro, just say your name. Like, we ain't gotta no. know all of this. You gotta know where we came from. We was we were Howard made. We built like that. Okay, so when you were launching your merchandising business in college, where did you find the money to do this? Well, I was throwing parties. Okay. So, and I also worked. So I worked at a gym called Vita Fitness on U Street. I would work from 5 a.m. to 10 a.m. So sometimes I would have a party, get out of the party at 3 a.m., go home, change, take a nap, and then go to work at 5 a.m. And I worked from 5 to 10 a.m. Um, pretty much throughout, throughout the week. 
But what was you making? Like ten dollars an hour? You was making like fifty bucks a day? Like nah, how, how was so you? Fun? Okay. I was actually running the system. Oh gosh, not um, you got uh, <laughs> be the fitness. Everything I say here on out could be false or true. You will never know. Um, but I used to work at the front desk, so um, <laughs> and I also used to work like the smoothie bar. It was like attached. Okay. So like people would like pay for a smoothie, and I would usually give it to them for free, or like I would like ring up a banana, like something that was like ninety nine cents, and they would just put large chips in the tip jar. So I used to go home with like hundreds of dollars. Wow. Uh, <laughs> okay, you was scamming for real, for real. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to scream in y'all ear on the podcast. My bad, my bad. But that may or, that could be a false story, honestly. Okay, so that, that didn't really happen. Look, yeah, yeah, we're going like... to scratch that from the record. Um, <laughs> okay, so you have some, you were making some money on your job, and then you put that into your merchandising business. Yeah. What, what, you know, what were some of the early revenues, and what were, like, the leaps that happened, and how did you yeah. fund those leaps? So I think it's, it's important for me to say also, I never intended on starting a clothing brand. That's not what I was trying to do. Okay. I wore a shirt that I had made and people said, oh, where'd you get that from? And I said, oh, this is a business. It wasn't like I was like, I want to have a clothing company. Let me find manufacturer. It was like, oh, you like this? I can have you one next week. That, that's the kind of type of time it was on. Uh, so I was paying a lot for it because I was like getting them done in like five or six at a time. Gotcha. I was like almost like pre-ordering and then I would give it to you next week or so. So um, my cousin had his own clothing brand at the time. And so he was helping me push out the manufacturing. I wasn't even really good at numbers. I didn't know if I was getting good deals or nothing. I just was doing stuff, trying to make just quick cash. So did you bring anybody in that you feel like could help with that or? So I basically used my team that I use with parties to help push and promote. Uh, so we put okay. stickers all over campus. Like they were, they were wearing the stuff. And so it was just like party promotion. It's just I was selling clothes. Any lessons in the team that you transitioned from the party promoting to um, support black colleges? A lot of lessons. Okay. Um, what are some of your lessons? Understanding how people work individually and okay. then also as a unit. So in party promotion, some people sold this way. They would sell in groups or they would sell individually or they would sell in these places. And then some people like to be partnered up and some people like, like to sell online and use social media. I was an in-person seller versus one of my really good homeboys. He was an online seller. So he would get people online. I would get people in person. And so in business, people operate a certain way with the clothing. Some people like to do things this way. Some people like to do things this way. It's not that either one is right or wrong, but it's how do you work best for yourself to be most efficient for us. Mm. And so I learned that. Um, I learned how to work with different personalities. Some people are shy. Some people are not. Some people are outgoing. Like, just because you're quiet, I don't mean you can't sell no tickets. We had this one girl on our team. She never said too much, but she used to sell the most tickets. And I'm like, what are you doing that allows you to sell so many tickets. How, wait, 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 wait. How many people were helping you sell tickets to these parties? So my team, uh, well, initially we started with a team of like 20. And so we were called the Trendsetters. And then I moved wait, to Wait, did y'all have jackets? We had t-shirts. Okay, we had a, all right, We all had right. gang signs and everything. It was a whole thing. Wow, okay. Um, there's YouTube videos on it. But um, <laughs> we also, then then I transitioned to a smaller team because that team- Not you was a gang. Uh, like literally- <laughs> At HBCUs, everything is a gang. The dorms a gang. The football team a gang. The basketball team, like everybody is a gang. And then the, obviously the Greeks are gangs. <laughs> but um, and then we we transitioned to a small team called the Starting Five. So you're gonna get beat up online talking nah. about the Greeks are gangs. What? They're gonna hit you in the comments. You heard it here first. <laughs> I'm I'm y'all know where to find me. I'm in Atlanta. Y'all know where to find me. The fires. Um, but yeah, we 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 transitioned to a smaller team. So wait, wait. What was y'all hint? What was y'all gang sign for the trendsetters? Trendsetters like this. We used to like this. Ah, uh, okay, okay. Was, we used to say tease up, tease up was like this. So shout out to the trendsetters. 
out there doing great things in the world, uh, by the way. Okay, so it's 20 of y'all. Y'all was all selling tickets. This is interesting. I think this mm-hmm. could actually be helpful for the folks in the mastermind businesses where they're trying to get sell tickets and everybody's using Facebook ads. And really what the issue could be is that y'all don't have enough people selling tickets for you mm-hmm. um, and getting a cut of the ticket sales. 100%. People have to feel like they're a part of it other than just I'm doing this for you. What's in it for me? That's what mm-hmm. people always want to know, right? And yeah. then like grassroots and guerrilla marketing is what I specialize in. I'm going to my audience. I'm not letting them come to me. I'm going to them and then letting them buy because they see me. I'm present. So I just learned something today that I think most people don't know about you, Corey, is that you have a degree in public relations, Mm -hmm. which teaches you how to make people tick or like knows what makes people tick to get the clip, to get the audio, to get the press. How much of that do you feel like contributed to your ability in guerrilla marketing? Um, A lot. You know, I took I remember taking a public speaking class. I didn't think I needed public speaking class. I'm like, I can speak pretty You're decently. in college. You definitely need public speaking I, class. I, def- I definitely needed it. <laughs> <laughs> and my teacher was so amazing. Um, she taught me just like the style of speaking and charismatic, like watching like Martin Luther King speak versus Barack Obama, like their cadence and their tone and their charisma and their charm and versus like, a, you know, I don't know, Dr. Umar, like it's three <laughs> different styles, three different effects, you know, those kind of things. And so I use some of those styles and, um, mixed with like a little psychology on getting sales. Like I'm looking at you, I'm like, okay, your hair. I'm trying to figure out what can I find that you would be so passionate about that I could be like, I got you. Cause I'm mm. like, girl, how you get your? I'm trying to grow my. And then we talk. Now we talk about hair. I'm like, and I'm also throwing a party. You should come, man. You and your friend. Mm. And now they don't buy the ticket. Have no idea. Like from the from the jump, I never cared about it. I just wanted to make you feel like I cared about what you want to talk about. Uh oh. Now I'm reevaluating <laughs> our whole friendship, Corey. Like, wait, no, we good. Actually, we good. No. I, I ain't say you nothing yet. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Okay. So you've gotten, have you tallied how many views that you've amassed on social? Cause I've seen several posts that have gotten over a million views, right? Um, Oof. consistently, or how often would you say you get a post that goes over a million views? Uh, normally twice a week, twice a week, typically this last week, this last week has been kind of slow, but typically I have a video that does over a million and one that does over like three or four a week. What kind of video gets over a million views? most simple ones that's the worst part about it all the videos i actually try and care about do nothing when i say like nothing to me nothing like fifty thousand, but like fifty thousand views is nothing yeah fifty thousand okay. views like that's like nothing for real okay so that's like 3, this, this, likes. this youtube video might get 300 views but they're gonna be very powerful they're gonna love it <laughs> they're all 300 and folks gonna be impactful oh my gosh uh, but, but yes okay so the- but like i say so i have this um I call it the perfect post. And what it is, is basically me walking, sitting or standing and then words above my head with trending sounds. And so basically it'd be like, um, I had one, um, that said the, the Mario song, you a dime plus 99. Remember that song? Mm-hmm. Um, so I said something along, along the lines of a dime plus 99. You really just a McChicken. Right. <laughs> and, and so, and so I'll put it over my head. I'm like thinking like, he really just called you a McChicken. And that video did like, Two, three million views. Mm, but then so I did like simple. a day in the life of me. I took my camera. I had my tripod. I was getting out the car, recording, getting back in high quality, great sound, ASMR. 300 views. It'd be like, I just did all that all day. I, I intentionally filmed on my most busy day so you could see what it was like to be an entrepreneur for a day. And it didn't do anything. So it's kind of weird. I think that people want highly relatable content with people who they feel 
can relate to them and you want to appeal to the masses, but also appeal to a, a specific niche at, at the same time. Okay. So you did your merch business. You started in college. It was after your party promoting. That's how you got your first money from your first job. You know, what are some of the, you know, what are like the first, like when you realize, oh, this is legit business. Like when did you, when did yeah. you hit like six, six figures or a hundred thousand, 200,000. And then when did you catapult to that million dollars? What was the funding difference? Yeah. So it's crazy. I started the brand in my sophomore year in college and I didn't, I didn't really see it through per se. It was like a college brand. Like I was on college, I was selling it, but like after college, like I wasn't like doing it. Yeah. I got a job at AT&T working as a, like a retail sales associate, okay. a regular associate. And then um, I got a job working for a guy named Sean Parker who um, created Napster. And mm-hmm. um, oh, I remember Napster. Yeah. And he then also Facebook. And so I worked for him for a year and that's where I kind of like, started transitioning out of like, well, started transitioning more into marketing. So I was doing college marketing for him. So what was happening was I had the best job ever there. I worked from home. I lived in New York and in um, DC because they were paying for my apartment in New York. And um, I basically went to all the popular college events to market the app that we were doing called Airtime. So I'm airtime. At, yeah. So and Napster was making Airtime? Sean Parker was making Airtime. Okay, gotcha. But I just always say Napster because people don't remember his name unless I say Napster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember <laughs> downloading music and, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. that's yeah. so crazy. That's such a, like, a, a flashback. He's, he's a genius, by the way. Like, being in some of those meetings, I'm like, I know why you made a billion dollars. How'd you get that job? The number one question I get all the time is, Kim, is Chromex available in stores? We have been saying no to every retailer for the last seven years that I've been in business. And we are finally going to be on store shelves, you guys. We are going to be available in Ulta. And I really need you guys to show up and buy us out so that we can blow up in the store and do well. Thank you so much for watching our podcast. And please make sure you go buy Chromex, now available in Ulta. Working with they him. found me. They found you. So it's funny. Every job I've ever had, they've always found me. How did they find you? I mean. I, I, to this day. Where'd you meet this man? The coffee shop? I didn't meet him. Um, I think somebody emailed me. And I, I maybe from LinkedIn or something. Because you was making enough noise on campus. You make enough yeah, noise like, on campus. And we people... had campus jumping. Like, gotcha. Okay. When I say jumping. So um, I almost got expelled from school because one of our parties was too crazy. But that's a whole other story. Um, but. What happened at the party? So we did this. Uh. You remember the movie Project X? I think so. It's like a, a big house party, essentially. Mm-hmm. We basically found an abandoned building in D.C. and did. <laughs> we like. Got Aren't a, you a criminal breaking all the laws? Oh, my gosh. It was at least 40 cops there. And we got called into the president's office the next day. And I was like, this is You it. was going to have H.U. on the news. I said, listen, we threw a party off campus. We didn't say nobody had to come. Wow. How many people came? It was a few thousand. That's few crazy, thousand. bro. Okay. I'll show you the video. You might need to be in a um, <laughs> you you're in the wrong business. You need to be uh, having these corporations hire you out for half a million, a million dollars, and advise on how to get people to let's talk about that fest festivals. It's, it's, and, it's coming. It's coming. Yeah, like it's not coming. that you're in the wrong business. I mean, this is a great business, right, right, but like right. you could just be getting paid to think nah, about right, right. how to you know we're on the same page. Try, you know, capture <laughs> audiences, build communities, things like that, because you just. You're just doing doing different things and thinking of different things than mm-hmm. better than I've seen other people, you know, gather large groups creative. of people. So this is, this is creative, really interesting. Man. Everybody from, so one thing I would say I learned from party promotion is you're, you're throwing the same event every week. You're just calling it something different. So this might be like freaky Friday because it's Halloween, but next week might be like first Fridays because it's the first Friday of the month or next one might be like, I don't know, whatever, whatever, spring break Friday, like. 
you're 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 giving it's the same venue with the same DJs and the same people. So how do you market it to make people feel like you're going to a different experience? And that's what I was really good at is coming mm. up with those ideas and themes and names. And okay. so I transitioned that into my regular life. Like how do I make things when I was at ATT, I saw that people couldn't sell security or um internet. Like you're not positioning it the right way. You're leading with that. Oh, by the way, I know you're coming in for an upgrade, but do this. And I'd be like, now let me look at your bill real quick. I actually think I can get about $40 off in your bill. Matter of fact, I can get $40 off, but I could also add internet and TV and make you pay no difference. And they're like, really? Okay. And so that's, I used to just like change the way I like present it to people and that makes it more you know, appealing. Have you ever raised money for support by colleges before? No. No. So what, like, have you, did you like secure any loans for Like, how are you getting the money to scale it up? Cause I think you guys did like seven figures before, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we've had $2 million days. Um, and I just got money from like, I already had money, like just from like working and parties and just different things. And so it was just like a little at a time. Like I would do a small release, make the money, invest it back a little bigger release, make the money kind of thing. That's kind of how I just bootstrapped it all from the beginning. Mm, okay. Okay. Did you ever, um, did you ever have to secure any like debt or anything like that? And like, how'd you go about approaching mm -hmm. that? How do you think about that? Any lessons, things you want to yes. share with people? So we did take one really bad loan. Um, and I don't know if the loan was bad or the way we man managed the loan was bad. Okay. It was probably a little bit of both. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I remember it wasn't, I wasn't the lead on this, but, um, we took a loan and it was like a 17% interest rate. Okay. It was like $300,000 and we did that. The first Black Friday, we made a million dollars because we wanted to make the merchandise before Black Friday so we could, we wanted Keep to get a head start quickly. on it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so the money ended up getting mismanaged. Those orders ended up, some of the merchandise that we were making for Black Friday ended up going to a, um, a order for Urban Outfitters, which was like a lot of our inventory. And it ended up, ended up putting us in a worse position because the inventory we were going to use for our customers who were paying a higher price went to a wholesale order. Mm. And that caused just, a lot of stuff, but then you still got, so we had a lot of re refunds returns because it didn't go well, but then you still got to pay the loan back at a 17% interest exactly, rate. Exactly. And so I was paying 4,000 a week, you know, up until honestly recently, um, mm. 4,000 a week to pay out this loan or whatever. Oh, wow. And so the interest rates had skyrocketed. We, you know, um, I pushed it back a few times, you know, different things. So that one is like understanding the terms and like know what you're taking have a designated what you're going to use it for and then actually doing that executing and then paying it back and then two um i would say for me personally i feel like we didn't necessarily need the money i felt like we could have just properly educated our customer on what the process was and if you agree to be a part of this process then this is how you'll get it right it might take you a few months but we'll get, get it and to that's you. what telfar did telfar was like january 1st we're gonna do all of this and then you'll get it in six months it's the bag's they call it the bag securing policy or you mm. secure your bag or whatever. And people knew six months is going to come. So basically they just say, okay, let me just get all the money and I'm going to send it overseas. And then they go, what we had to do is educate properly. Mm. But we were so like, oh, this is, they're offering us so much money because we're making so much money. We're like, oh, they're offering us 300000 And so we took it, and, which is not bad. We just took a bad loan and didn't, didn't manage it properly. So yeah. I just think it's all preference. So how did you, so are you still working through that situation or did you guys kind of come to some a resolution or, yeah. and I know we talked about like crowdfunding before. What, what are your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, the situation is like, it's kind of like at bay, but okay. um, it, it's a lot of stuff on the back end. It was a lot of different things that stem from that one thing. Okay. So 
I would say as a whole, yes, still working through it. Okay. But um, that specific loan particular is pretty much handled. Okay. Um, but well, that's good. Congratulations. Thank you. Cheers. <laughs> Thank I don't you. have my glass, but you know, I'm a my Hennessy. Clink. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I got a few questions for you, Corey. Yeah. I'm gonna pull them up on my phone. Are these my rapid fire questions? Yeah. So this is what I like to call the <laughs> lightning round. It ain't gonna be that fast though, so you can tell a, a full story if you need to. Okay. Um, what's a belief that you once had about entrepreneurship that you no longer have? Ooh. That is easy. <laughs> oh my gosh! Okay, literally, my last guest said the exact so, same I thing. Mean, Give I mean, a different we all answer. Think that, okay, <laughs> I think I think that um, we feel like entrepreneurship won't take as much time as a regular job, but it actually takes more. Mm. So everybody's like nine to five. I don't want to work nine to five. I work nine to nine. I work nine to ten, eleven, twelve, one a.m., two a.m. And I think that we feel like, oh, we're going to stop the nine to five, work less, be able to be on our own time. Like, nah, I'll be on vacation. Like, dang, let me do this real quick. Mm-hmm. I would never do that for a nine to five. Because <laughs> right. once I'm going, I'm going. But with my business, it's like, it's always something you can do. What mistake did you make that you wish you could go back and change? I would say the way I set up or did not set up my partnership agreement with mm-hmm. my old business partner. Okay. I wish that I would have just made it plain and clear and when you're in the beginning beginning of something that you don't know is about to be support but i didn't know it was about to be this like yeah i'll be lying if i said i knew i was gonna make i did not i was doing it for fun to make money along with a bunch of other things that right. didn't do what this did um but setting it up to where i have this ownership you have this ownership this is like the actual agreement i would have done that differently i feel that you know it's so funny i remember you know i, I went into business with my husband um mm-hmm. and they were like, well, how much, how'd you guys do equity? You just leave it, you know, open and free yeah. ended. And I was like, no, he should get 50%. Mm-hmm. Like, let's put it on paper. They was like, you don't want to have 51%. He get 49, so you have control. And I was like, why would I do that? Like, we're putting in the same effort, the same money, the same mm-hmm. whatever. So, no, I feel you on that. It's like, yeah. even if you in love with the person you started a business with, you need documents and yeah, you too. need to say equity ownership and you need it to, because one day you may not, you know? And so. You never know. Exactly. And do it, do it while it's easy to talk about because mm-hmm. once a problem happens, it gets difficult. And exactly. I, I was in that situation. Like it's hard to talk about cause we can't communicate properly. Exactly. Versus five years ago, we were like, Oh bro. Yeah. Like I get it. You started it. Da, 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 da. Those conversations don't happen anymore. You, and exactly. <laughs> and then you start to do it power dynamics. And then if so one person feels like short, like they're not getting, they're getting the short end of the stick or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. You, I love that. Um, get your founder documents in place. Um, yes. Get your founder documents. In place. I'm gonna say that one more time. Get your founder Seriously. documents in place if I'm you have a business you. partner. Okay, I'm telling you. Um, what is a book that everyone should read? Oh gosh, don't Please. tell me you don't read, Corey. I don't read. Ah! You know, on a podcast people always ask me what I'm reading. I'm like, I'm reading the Bible. Okay, <laughs> a, I, I'm not really, but are you reading um, the Bible? For, ah! I, I, <laughs> I love the you Bible. Are don't, a don't get it twisted. You are a man. Um, I'm gonna keep going. I, you, they're gonna light you up in these comments. They're gonna like, be like, like, yeah, because I roast back. I will be all in them comments. Like, yeah, this is Corey. Um, now, nah, um, I I'm not a big reader. I do not like reading. I'm a visual slash like I watch and listen. Um, so I could tell you some podcasts I'm listening to. Sure. Outside of this one, obviously. He More rounds. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Um, or people, you know what I'm honestly listening to right now? I listen to a lot of like preacher sermons. Okay. Um, it's a lot of like, people think it's just like, I mean, obviously it's it's religious, Mm -hmm. but it's also a lot of just like life things. Mm -hmm. Um, and Darius Daniels, I listen to him all the time. My pastor, like even last Sunday, he was talking about partnership and the way he like framed it and then like tied it to the Bible. I was like, yo, this makes so much sense for me. And so, um, I listen to a lot of that. I love 
it's, this is kind of like not educational, but it kind of is. I love like all the athletes that are currently playing or like what played recently who are who have podcasts. who are talking about the business aspect of it and how Ooh. they sign certain players. And because my minutes went down, I didn't get this guarantee. Like I love hearing stuff like that. Because like we, I am athlete with Brandon, a hundred percent like I that. I love his podcast. Yes. Like those. One of my favorite ones is Jeff Teague, and I like Jeff Teague's because he's not an all star like. I think he might have been an all-star one time or something, but he's not a star player. Most people don't know his name, but he has the realest stories, and he this is how it is to be regular in the NBA, right? <laughs> and so um, I love to hear that because it just gives me a sense of, like, where I'm at in my life, I feel like there's some really high-level entrepreneurs, and I'm, like, just amongst the, the regular, and I can see his perspective on certain things. So Gotcha. So, all right, I'm going to ask everybody this question. Um, what's your most embarrassing moment as an entrepreneur? Oof. Well, we had a really big moment where we were, we were on the shade room for um, our Black Friday blunder, per se. I didn't know, I'm so sorry. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. We were on the shade room, and they did, like, a TSR Investigates because we basically couldn't get the orders out in time, and then they got really backed up. Then this Facebook group was started by people who were, like, angry at us, and we didn't know about it. And so the group had been going on for two, three months. They had, like, four or 500 people in there. And, you know, once people get together without you – the problem was already escalated, and so we were actually handling the stuff on the back end, but we were trying to explain to them, well, so many people have refunds. People don't know. If you are on Shopify and you get a refund, not only do you lose the sale, if you lose a chargeback, you lose a the sale, then they charge you $25. So not only were we losing the sale, but we were losing $25 for every order. Oh, wow. So it was taking the money, then we had the loan. Then we already had paid the money to get the merchandise made. Yeah. It's like, we don't have any money to, we don't, I don't have money to make this stuff or money to give you a refund. And we were trying to explain that, but then, like, you know, trying to work through different scenarios. But and it's hard for people to believe because they're like, well, we did a million dollars in a day. Like, if you got a million dollars, you got my money. What you 100%. mean? But and you can only say, like, you can only say million, certain much. But I need, I really needed 1.5 to even do this. A hundred percent. Gotcha. And so then, I mean, what, what ended up happening is the shade room wanted to do a story. And we, like, at first we were like, no, nah, I mean, we told them no, but. You can't stop people from You can't reporting. stop the press. And yeah. so we were like, well, let's... ER major, you know that. 100%. So I'm like, well, let's get on camera and, like, face it. Yeah. Because I don't want them to tell the narrative. I want us to tell the narrative. And so we end up doing that. And um, luckily, I have so many friends that are influencers and stuff that were commenting, like, oh, we trust and love them. Because you're a good guy, so, Corey. You're you not know, like a real scammer. Thanks. Even though nah, you've been doing... Nah. I mean, you've been talking about some questionable things in nah. your past. <laughs> but you're not... A, you know, like, I'm not a real scammer. I just, I'm a, I'm a marketer. The intention isn't there. You just made a couple mistakes. Yeah, yeah, I'm a marketer, right? And we're all human. So I have a question. So how'd you handle that though? Because you know, like I don't know, were you in therapy at the time? Where like, like I've had moments where you know I was supposed to be getting a check from you know a, a particular deal didn't come in when, you, when it needed. I ended 100%. up missing payroll. I'm on the floor crying. 100%. Like you know, it was like a like one of my low moments. I remember Tim coming into the room. And he was just coming to check on me because he knew I already I was in a stressful situation. Mm -hmm. And he saw me laying on the floor in my office crying. Mm -hmm. He's like, are you okay? And I, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so, um, and I wasn't in therapy and I, I needed to start. And so right. I was curious, like mm -hmm. for that moment that you felt like it was embarrassing and probably one of your hardest moments ever as an entrepreneur and it's public for everybody. My, me on public. the floor crying was not public, right? Mm -hmm. Now it is, but it wasn't. And so your mistake was public for everybody to, you know, discuss openly on the shade room. How did you handle that emotionally? Yeah, I mean, it was tough, like, you know, because remember, I still got my staff there, too. So you, not only can I not fulfill those orders, but my staff got to get paid, too. Same thing. And a lot of my staff, you know, for that month or two, worked for free. And we wow. ended up giving them money later. But, like, that's why the kind of staff that I chose was very important. They were there for the purpose, not for the money. Now, obviously, they had to get paid to pay their bills. But yeah. a lot of them were there because they believed in what we were doing. 
lot of them are still my friends to this day. It's like we still actively hang out. But um, yeah, I mean, it was pretty embarrassing because I've always been pretty successful at everything I do. And so to take a public loss like that is tough thing. But then also the on the other side of it, to see the impact and support that we had, even from, from people who didn't get their orders. They're like, man, I've ordered from them before. It's never been like this. Like I was telling people we had seven people on staff when that when we made a million dollars. Like we didn't, we wasn't ready for that. Like yeah. you think that you want to make this money, but you don't understand the systems and processes that it takes, yeah. which is why I shut down to get my systems and processes right. So that when I relaunch, we don't have that same issue. Yeah. We had seven people on staff as contractors and we made a million dollars for the year. Mm-hmm. So not in a day. Yeah. That is very, very different. Yeah. Oh, Especially wow. with merchandise too. Like, you know, the clothing, like the stitching and the heat press. It's like, we had a lot of bottlenecks in our business because we were doing it ourselves. It wasn't yeah. like a company doing it. It was like us. So it was just a lot. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for telling me about that. I appreciate of course, you. Of um, and thank you for being on, 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 honest and authentic. That, last question. Mm-hmm. Is there a moment you want to relive where you're like, this is an incredible moment and I would, I would go back and feel this moment again. Relive in business or personal? You choose. It's <sighs> mm. a lot of moments, man. Um, I think in business, our first uh, NBA all-star, we did we did a partnership with the NBA All Star. Uh, oh, really? That's dope. Yeah, we we done, actually done three now. Um, ever since the COVID year twenty twenty, they did a, a makeshift All Star here in Atlanta, and they asked us to make all the merch for the players and stuff. And so oh, we did that dope. in forty eight hours, flipped it, and that's how I built my relationship with the NBA. Um, so my first All Star on one of my vision boards, I had make it to the All Star game. Um, initially, it was like in high school for me to play in it, but now it's for me to attend. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Corey, how tall are you? I'm five seven. You was gonna try to go to the. You said like I'm Come going on. to the NBA. You, you didn't know me in high school. I was I was that guy. I, <laughs> I was that guy. Look, Ronnie looked real short look. next to LeBron, and he like six four. You know what Listen, I mean? So just, just so you understand, I come from North Carolina. We that's we hoop, right? Okay, so okay, like, okay. My conference was like John Wall, Steph Curry. Like we played against those guys. Gotcha. And, okay. And we were winning those games. I just want to be clear. Oh. But oh. um, you know, I'm not. I can't play like that no more now. Like. <laughs> I can still give the average person buckets, but not anybody else. Um, but um, it was amazing because I had always wanted to participate in All Stars in some capacity. Seeing it on TV as a child and watching it, the dunk concert, I got to like have all access to be a part of that. And so that moment was awesome. And then we just ran it back the next year and ran it back the next year. Um, you know, personally, my favorite thing that I was able to do that I would love to relive was mo- allowing my mom to quit her job and move to Atlanta, and my sister as well. And my grandma as well. They all live with me here in Atlanta. And so it was really dope to be able to put my family back under one roof again, like we were when I was 18, 17, 16. Um, So that's been cool. Now they need to get out. But in the beginning, it was great. (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. wait, Hold (laughs) on. You said your mama and your grandma. That ain't good. That ain't good. That ain't good. Everybody who was checking for you, not checking for you. Listen, (laughs) they they clean up. They cook. It's it's great. They walk my dog when I'm not there. Oh, that's awesome. It's it's, it's been great. So I was really, it was a really big moment for me and for them. And my mom was able to write her first book, which was the goal the whole time was for her to not have to work. So she could focus on the book and she was able to do that. And so that's beautiful. It was, it was great. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing everything, Corey. Is there anything you want to leave the people with? Um, I would say for me, like I always talk to people and let them know to just go for it. So many times we like I always talk about not trying to be perfect, but just being present. And so like 
I do a lot of things wrong. I make a lot of mistakes, but I do it though. I can mm-hmm. at least say I learned from this or this was successful. Go do it. Yep. Um, especially when it comes to content, you don't know what's going to go viral and what's not. I mean, you, you've experienced that. Some posts you're like, oh, why did that go viral? Why did that do well? Versus like, why didn't that do well? went viral. It was of me complaining about my spades hand, saying I got four or five books and they're like, you know, you got seven or eight. This thing got over 100,000 views. I was so mad. <laughs> I've got so much good like, content. I got so much good content that I actually tried. Try, I learned this dance and everything. But, you know, <laughs> No, that's what happens and so just do it man do it ugly just do it do don't it be ugly perfect. that's a t-shirt so, yeah actually that's a brand that one of my students has called do it ugly oh i love it i love it thank you so much Corey. um how can people support you they can find me on instagram at Corey arvinger or all platforms at Corey arvinger or at support by college wonderful thank you so much Corey, for coming on to the more rounds podcast i hope you guys enjoyed today's episode i'll see you guys in the next one bye <laughs>